Support for 4 Thomas Matters Radio comes from Omega Processing Solutions, a national leader in electronic payments processing. Point of sales, funding, processing, rewards, they offer unsurpassed value and unmatched support. Call them, 866-888-9724 or online at omegap.com. Tina Gloria requested me on Facebook. We had a bunch of mutual friends in Thomas area. I just thought I had met her in passing, so I accepted The internet didn't invent the concept of people not being who they say they are. It simply gave them a better vehicle and gave the deceivers a better name. That name is Catfish. In Fort Thomas recently, you might look at it a, a few different names. Tina Glory? Who are you? I think people have been dishonest, falsely representing themselves probably just as much over the course of history pre-internet but they did it in real relationships. Now the internet just sort of makes it much easier and accelerates that process because you can be doing it with multiple people at the same time from anywhere in the world. Sort of just opened up a community of individuals that would have otherwise had a harder time doing it because in your town, one or two people start talking about how you're a liar. People are going to hear about it. But online, there's an endless supply of people who have no idea who you are who have no relationship to you or your past, who can kind of BS your way into a relationship with. Well, over the course of the next couple of episodes on 4 Thomas Matters, we're going to look at a specific example. Tina Glory, who are you? The voice you heard on the introduction was my friend Chris Ferris. Like many other people on Facebook, he was a mutual friend of Tina Glory. Now, that sounds like a weird name, Tina Glory. Let me describe her to you if you're not friends with her on Facebook already. She's got brownish blonde hair. She's cute. She sometimes wears glasses in her picture. She's got a funny smile. She takes really, really good pictures. There's one where she's facing away from the camera on some really neat looking steps. If you Google search it, it looks like it was from Okinawa, Japan. There's another picture where you can't really see her face, but she's under the water holding hands with her, I guess her husband, and they're kissing. It's a cool picture, but again, you can't really see her face. In total, there's probably about six or seven pictures, not very typical for a normal Facebook profile. For example, my Facebook profile, I don't post many pictures either, but it's been live since 2004, and over the course of time, You just accumulate. People take pictures of you at parties. You go to the horse track or a a casino night with your friends. And over time, you just accumulate. Now, her profile is new. She said that she's new to the area and she just wanted to make friends. Seems harmless enough, right? I don't know. I was first introduced to Tina Glory when she sent me a friend request. I didn't know her, and so I didn't request or accept it. But I guess it started making waves amongst my friends. Was she using my friends list to create and cultivate a new network for herself? Seemed like it. We had 75 mutual friends. With that type of intersect and overlap on social media, you, sh- you should know that person, right? 
My friend Adam Blau was another one that she originally reached out to. He accepted her request. Then a few days later, thought better of it and deleted it. So I guess the question is, why would you accept it in the first place? His answer was one that I got from a lot of my friends and found out it's not so weird. It's actually pretty common. Yeah, for obvious reasons. We just had a lot of mutual friends in common. So, and she was from Fort Thomas and always liked to make connections in, in the hometown. Did you have any interaction with her? I tried. I, re- I tried to reach out to her um, right away to find out who she was and because uh, I saw a bunch, a bunch of friends in common. I actually had friends of mine reach out to me and ask me about her, and uh, she actually never responded. Tina Glory, who are you? Well... She didn't respond to Adam, but she did respond to a few other of our friends, and she left some clues. What are you trying to do? What is your end game here? And are you a girl at all? Answers to those questions and more, but first a word from our sponsor on FTM Radio Omega Processing Solutions, a national leader in electronic payments processing. Credit card processing is what I'm talking about. Check guarantee and recovery, gift and loyalty programs, point of sale systems, business funding, service and support. I'm actually getting a new business up off the ground right now, and we are looking to use Omega Processing Solutions to help get our business funding and get us off the ground. If you want to use them too, you can call them today at 866-888-9724, 866-888-9724. Or get online and check them out at omegap.com. What is catfishing? I don't think it has anything to do with intelligence or intellect. I think it's a psychological and emotional tool. I don't know if it's a defense mechanism or what. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychoanalysis. I don't really understand how it works. But from where I'm sitting, I think people want something. They believe they deserve something. They're also likely trying to avoid something, and online relationships offer the perfect remedy or solution for those things. So finding out that the thing that makes you happy and distracts you from all of your problems isn't real. It's not what people want, so they choose not to. Whether it's a conscious choice or not, they don't want to find out the truth and will go to great lengths to hold on to the fantasy for fear of feeling like they've wasted both time and energy and reveal themselves to someone that they should not have if they were to find out that it was false. Tina Glory, who are you? I guess I should go back and answer this question. Why do I care? Why do I care that somebody is friending my friends and creating online relationships from them. Is there really anything that's so bogus or so bad about that? I don't know. I'm tossing that back and forth in my head. And also, what if this is a real person? What if this is their outlet? What if they don't know anybody in town and this is how they get to know somebody? Who am I to judge? Well, the reason that I care, if you go back to about 2014, Sometimes I take submissions, op-eds, to publish them on fourthomasmatters.com. We publish around 975 articles a year. And believe it or not, I don't write them all. 
There's no way that I possibly could. Of course, my role as editor and publisher is to read and look over every single piece that we do publish. I look at grammar. I look at syntax and newsworthy and timeliness and whether or not somebody that's submitting something to me has something to sell and, and want to sell it to my readers. I'm the wall and my readers are my people. So I take that very, very seriously. I can remember back in 2014, I got an op-ed that was submitted to me and it was very well written. I looked at it immediately and knew this writer had talent. It had to do with the heroin scourge, how we were or how he thought we should be treating it, how that we needed more recovery centers, how we needed to take away the stigma that was attached to mental illness and addiction. I felt like it was important. Now, it's not my job to decide whether or not what he's writing is true. My job is to start a conversation, to present both sides to the equation. And I thought that this particular piece did that very, very well. Actually did so well that it was submitted also to a local news channel, and they picked it up on their digital site as well. Fast forward to about two weeks later, and I got some notifications from that same news channel. It's not uncommon that a conversation will start on Four Thomas Matters, and if it is deemed appropriate and worthy, it gets picked up by local affiliates, bigger affiliates than mine. And that was the case with this op-ed. But an editor reached out to me two weeks later and said, and I'm now reading this email from this editor three years ago. Hey, do you know the editor? of the author who wrote this piece? I know of him, I said. I have a lot of different mutual friends with him. My friends know who he is. Did you know that that op-ed piece was plagiarized? I absolutely did not, I said. It's this reason why I no longer take op-eds unless I can verify that it was actually written by that person. I can no longer trust a submission that is given to me from somebody that I don't really know. And that's exactly why, to me, it's important that people are who they say they are online. So was this person, Tina Glory, just catfishing men? Was she just catfishing men that were around my age? What is the angle? When I looked her up, now I'm up to 78 mutual friends. She's still using a friends list to cultivate her list. I actually see that my sister is now friends with her. Shoot, does this mean that I've been jumping to conclusions? Certainly my sister, who's a couple years younger than me and pretty savvy on the internet as well, didn't get duped by somebody that was catfishing her, could she? I texted her in March of this year. I get about 50 text messages a day, so I'm pretty succinct with my text messages, even to my sister. I said, who is Tina Glory? Four hours later, not kidding, she responded to me. I don't know, exclamation point. I was wondering the same thing. We had a lot of friends in common. I think she went to Highlands. Of course she thought that. That's what Tina wrote on her Facebook profile. She wrote that she was from Highlands. She went to Highlands. She's from Fort Thomas. 
She lives there now. She wants people to think that that's where she's from. She wants people to think that she graduated from there. Why wouldn't my sister think that? I have no idea who she is. I accepted because I went through her profile pictures and she seemed pretty normal. And then I saw that I had a lot of friends in common with her. So I assumed maybe she was either someone younger or older that I went to high school with. Do you, by practice, accept people? Like, what is your metric? Like, how do you decide if you're going to accept a friend request? Is it just mutual friends? Is it normal-looking pictures? I mean, typically it's mutual friends. I mean, if I have more than, you know, 15 to 20 friends in common, then I assume, you know, in some way we're connected, so it could be harmless. Have you ever accepted a friend request from somebody that you didn't know that you went back and was kind of creeped out about it? Yeah, I mean, especially when Facebook first started, um, I know it was initially just rolled out for college kids, and then they eventually rolled it out to everybody. And, you know, after they did that, I went back, and there were some creepers on there that I went and deleted. So you've had Facebook probably for over 10 years now, 11 years. You're not somebody new to the game. Um and obviously, this person may or may not be who they say they are. Do you think that others should be wary about just using mutual friends as a metric to acceptance into their Facebook realm? Absolutely. I mean, you accept these people thinking that, you know, they're part of your inner circle. And, you know, you're always posting pictures of either your family or friends going out or you know, some personal stuff on there that you think that you're only sharing with those people close to you and, you know, someone gets on there that you don't know and, you know, they can share that information to other people that you don't want to find out or want to know about you. If you Google, why do people catfish, you're universally going to come across the same type of themes. They're in search of a connection. They want to disassociate from their own life. They get off online. They love uh, or addicted to adrenaline, or they're trying to scam. Some of those themes can be more harmful than others, and some demographics are victimized more so than others, which is what makes Tina Glory pretty interesting to me. She's obviously going after a demographic that is pretty savvy in Facebook. They grew up in Facebook. It wasn't new to them. They were able to access it through their .edu email addresses, which was the ultimate social speakeasy back in 2004 and 2005. How was she getting over on these pretty savvy Facebookers? Back to my friend, Chris Ferris. Could be a lot of reasons. Maybe you just want to spy on friends or, you know, look at see what other people are doing without letting them know it's you. Or maybe you're insecure about who you are and trying to hide something. Um, maybe you've previously been deleted or blocked or something like that and you're still just looking to be in the know. Um, I'm guessing there could be a lot of reasons. Those would maybe be my biggest ones or maybe just trying to have fun and messing with somebody as well. Whatever her motivation, Tina Glory had certainly gotten the attention of a lot of people in Fort Thomas and surrounding areas. So much so that in typical Facebook fashion, a niche group popped up. The name of that group, In Search for Glory, inspired this podcast. The creator of the group, 
is my friend, Michael Arnzen. Well, I was talking to my friend Hank Irwin on Facebook one night. We were having the same conversation I had had with, I don't know, countless amount of people wondering who this person was and why she was all of a sudden friends and no one had any idea who she was. So we figured if no one has any idea who she was, maybe we should start a group and figure this out. The group In Search of Glory is kind of got a funny tone to it. There's about 35 members in there that are pretty active, and they post screenshots of messages and threads that they've had with Tina. Here's an example. Michael messaged Tina and asked her if Tina Glory was her real name. Here's what she said. Hi, Mike. Wanted to reply off of the public forum. I'm embarrassed that I might say I might have sent you a friend request accidentally, when I was going through my find friends list. Sorry. Michael said, no worries at all. I'm always happy to meet new nice people. I was only asking because your profile picture looks so familiar. Is your real name Tina Glory? I just asked because I know sometimes people use more discreet names to stay private. I have friends that do that anyway for that reason. Tina says, I'm discreet by nature. And because I'm a little paranoid, but that's my name. I think I've gotten far enough away f- that my enemies won't find find me. Michael says, totally understand. Gotta say, you take some pretty cool photos, too. Keep up the good work. Tina says, hey, thanks. I'll do my best. Want to keep my Facebook community happy. Well, I think the group popped up just because everyone was having the same, you know, same set of circumstances, this person popped up and your friend, and your friend went to go to a bunch of mutual friends, but no one knew who this person was, whether it was a she or a he. So yeah, I mean, we kind of thought it was funny, but we're, you know, you have no idea what made someone to make a fake page or a fake account. And she never posted anything weird on my pages, but on my friend Hank's page, a while ago, she posted some really kind of just argumentative stuff and, you know, we're getting to Facebook, Facebook wars or whatever. So, you know, while it was funny, it was also kind of serious because we want to know who was trying to pull this prank over on us. If you don't know, Michael Arnzen is extremely nice. He's part of a family ownership partnership that owns the Old Fort Pub, one of the longest-running established businesses in Fort Thomas. I've really never heard him say a bad word about anybody. So when this bothered him, I knew that there was something up with it. He's had a couple of interactions with Tina Glory, but nothing that I'd really call meaningful. And he gives the same type of reason as to why he connected with her in the first place. He just had a lot of mutual friends. She looks normal. She looks nice. Her pictures were cool. My interaction with her was basically minimum. Like I said, she popped up my list and I accepted her friendship just because I did a lot of mutual friends and I figured, why not? Um, I meet a lot of people at the bar, so I didn't know if it was someone's nickname or anything like that. The picture looked kind of familiar, but kind of like a lot of people. So after talking to my sister and Mark and you and uh, everyone else, Hank, I was like, I'm going to send this girl a message and see how I know her. So I sent her a message and she said, oh, your name just popped up. I friended you by accident. I didn't think much of it besides that's kind of a weird thing to do. And at that point, I gave her the benefit of the doubt that she was just moved before Thomas and was looking for 
friends and, you know, you meet people in town, so I didn't think much of it until I started seeing the posts from Hank and other people on, on the group, really. A quick bit of housekeeping in terms of timeline. So Tina Glory first popped up and made waves in the Fort Thomas social media community in June of this year. That's when she sent me a friend request. That's when most of the friends that she had on her Facebook profile were built up as well. I'm now recording this podcast in search for glory in the last week of June. We're a couple days away from the Fort Thomas sesquicentennial 150-year birthday in our fair city. Just yesterday was the first time that I personally decided to reach out to Tina Glory. Here's what I wrote. Hi, Tina. I'm working on an article and podcast on catfishing here in Fort Thomas. I don't know you, but it seems like your profile has garnered a lot of attention and that no one seems to know you. Is there a good way to connect or contact you to talk? Her response, I'm not looking for attention. Sorry, but I don't think I can help you. We had about four or five messages to go back and forth in between them throughout the day. When I woke up this morning to do this podcast, I checked my Facebook messages and my Facebook profile. Tina Glory had disintegrated. She had disappeared. She's no longer on Facebook. In only four months, hundreds of Facebook friends, hundreds of mutual friends in Fort Thomas, it only took five messages between me and Tina Glory for her to delete her account. What could I have possibly said to scare her off of Facebook? What could I have possibly known? Well, I've investigated, and I think I know. The answer to those questions next time on For Thomas Matters Radio in Search for Glory. Thanks once again to our podcast sponsor, Omega Processing Solutions. You can reach them at omegap.com. Once again, this is Mark Collier.